Welcome to The Whole Metaverse, a New York University School of Professional Studies podcast exploring the ever-expanding metaverse and Web3 landscape. The metaverse has the potential to dramatically change the game and create tipping points across industries. Whether you're in tourism, art, sports, luxury goods, fashion, real estate, or just about any other profession, each episode, we'll talk to the pioneers, influencers, and innovators leading the way. If you want to understand and better navigate this burgeoning space, you're in the right place. And now, here are your hosts, Pierre Gervois and Dr. Elizabeth Haas. Olivier Moisjour, thank you very much to be on the NYU Metacast, the podcast about the metaverse from New York University. Dr. Elizabeth Haas and myself, Pierre Gervois, are the co-hosts and we're thrilled to have you. You are the Chief Commercial Officer of Exclusible, who is an amazing Web3 company that is really a game changer for beautiful virtual reality spaces. And I would like to start by uh, asking you the question, you come from the luxury industry background. Explain us why you choose to work with Exclusible coming from Cartier or prestigious physical brands. And now you're in the metaverse. What was the difference for you? First of all, thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. I always love to talk about Web3 and the the metaverse. So you are right. I have been living in New York for almost 20 years, and I have spent 18 years in luxury, working at prestigious maisons like Cartier, Goyave, or even Bastide, which is a beauty brand. And so I I am one of the co-founders of Exclusible, and we started building the company in the spring of 2021 which was pretty early because Facebook was still called Facebook at the time. And for me, the reason why I joined my associates to start Exclusible, it's because I really wanted to exit the corporate environment and really be at the, like a pioneer in this new movement that's called Web3, because I formed my thesis very early on about how NFTs and the metaverse could offer gigantic opportunities for brands and especially luxury brands, and how it would be the natural evolution of the internet and that it would be an absolute obvious reality in the 2020s that every brand would tap into the opportunity and the potential of Web3. So I wanted to be part of this movement. I met my associates on LinkedIn, the importance of networking and having a public profile, I guess. And we embarked on this adventure. History has proven us Right, because since then, when we started building the company, we have raised money twice. We did a seed round in August 2021. We just closed a bridge to a Series A in the summer of 2022. And we are building at the speed of light and adapting at every step of the way to the market conditions. Something that really strikes me, and the first time I heard about Exclusible, I think it was on LinkedIn, And I saw a post about this penthouse that you created. And I was so shocked by the beauty, by the photorealism of this metaverse compared with what all your competitors were doing. And I immediately wanted to do research, asking myself, who is doing this? This is so much more beautiful. So uh, do you think that the aesthetics, the pure aesthetics of the metaverse is going to make a difference versus 
or the type of design that are less photorealistic? The easy answer is yes, absolutely. Uh, photorealism is very important. It's actually very interesting because I have a lot of friends in the video gaming industry. And so they are quite puzzled by the fact that now all of a sudden there is a craze about the metaverse, whereas it's nothing more than a 3D environment, immersive and multiplayer. I guess a new component is the relationship to the blockchain and to the idea that it's decentralized. And so this concept came to life, you know, really to prominence with Sandbox and Decentraland, which were the two most famous Web3 Metaverse platforms, both of them based on land. So there is a, it's a finite amount of lands available that people can buy, anyone can buy and build and monetize on top of that. So this value proposition is very new compared to the rest of the video game industry, where like Roblox, Fortnite, Minecraft are closed platforms, not linked to blockchains. And so you have to stay within the confine of this platform. That's the, what was new is that all of a sudden anyone could monetize within a video game platform. So there was kind of like a first wave when it's before and after the renaming of Facebook to Meta, that news sent all the tokens linked to those Metaverse platforms booming. All of a sudden there was a craze to basically go into that type of platform, test, create experiences. We, Exclusible, actually rode that wave because we bought $2 million worth of land in the sandbox, which we then developed as luxury villas and luxury islands. And we sold all of them in January of 2022, and it generated more than $4 million worth of net revenue for our company. Today, it would be impossible for me to replicate this model because number one, we're in a bear market. So the exposure to the relationship to crypto is real uh, in terms of pricing those assets. And then the sandbox is not necessarily the platform of choice for some of the brands that we work with or a lot of the users. We also worked a lot with Decentraland. We are very close to all of these metaverse platforms. We actually organized the first dance competition in the metaverse during the fashion week in March, 2022 in Decentraland. We also opened some pop-up stores. We did some treasure hunts and quests. We brought some DJs. We did a lot of wearables for digital fashion. So we have been very active in Decentraland, but as time passes by, brands, luxury brands and every brand is getting more and more comfortable with Web3. They understand what it is, both on the NFT side and the metaverse side. And we're, we are past this stage of FOMO, fear of missing out, where brands are going into Sandbox or Decentraland or other games, other platforms, without really knowing why. They are doing it because everybody's doing it, so they are just following. Now I feel the, the landscape is much smarter, and we see a lot of these brands are kind of posing to assess what is the best strategy for them. And that gave rise to another platform called Spatial, which is also a 3D immersive environment, but it's not, it doesn't have a concept of land. It doesn't sell land. It doesn't have a token. It's accessible on mobile phone and also on desktop. And anyone can create an experience and make it available for users around the world to access. So we decided to create a really beautiful experience that we call the penthouse 
And so we indeed replicated a beautiful photorealistic Parisian penthouse. And we sold 2,500 units in June 2022. We are actually now launching a new product, which is we are renting this penthouse and other uh, showrooms. We are renting them by the malls for brands that want to test the waters, get their feet wet in the metaverse without having to engage you know, tens of thousands of dollars to build experiences. You said that part of what got you started here was the belief that NFTs were a huge opportunity for brands. Can you define what that opportunity is? Sure. We have to put the discussion back in the, con the global context where if we look at the luxury landscape, Let's just focus on luxury. Every brand has a store in primary, secondary, and probably tertiary cities around the world. Every country has a presence. Every major city has a store. Most brands are reducing the footprint in wholesale to focus on retail and e-commerce because they sell directly to the clients, they control the experience, they sell at full margin, and they capture the data of the clients to then keep that client for life. There's also a trend in conscious consumerism, which is where the new generation, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, are asking for transparency in terms of where products are made, how they are made, who made them, and how the brands are responsible for the, the entire life cycle of the physical products. Then we are also in the context of a glo global economic recession or like a slowdown in the economy. So if we are put all of these back to back, the next decade points to a direction where it's going to be harder and harder for brands to generate double digit growth year on year. Web3 becomes a new opportunity because with NFTs, brands can sell digital products which do not exist in the real life. And those digital products could be digital fashion, skins, avatars, collectibles, access paths. They can unlock a new source of revenue and they can unlock a new type of product that did not exist before. In that sense, for us, it's an absolute certainty that it's just a matter of time before every single brand in the world has a digital product division that will sell and release collections very regularly and people will be happy to buy them because that's currently what Gen Alpha is doing in video games, spending money to buy skins for their avatar. You also said what's really important is that luxury brands, they're really thinking about this strategically. If you were advising a luxury brand, going back to, for example, Cartier, what are the strategic questions they need to ask to best position themselves moving forward? Yes, very good question. I would say, why do you want to go in Web3? What are the objectives that you're trying to achieve? And can those objectives be achieved in Web2? meaning without any type of blockchain, NFT, or even blockchain-based metaverse components. When we ask these three questions, usually it's, it, it allows to really filter the brands that have real and authentic ambitions in Web3 compared to the ones that are seeing it from a distance and maybe just trying to make money or trying to create a PR moment, which are usually not the, the best conditions of success uh, when you go into Web3. The objectives can be very different from capturing the attention of a younger audience that you cultivate over time, creating a marketing push, creating a moment that will support 
a more major moment. For example, reopening of a, biggest, a big flagship store uh, with a big media plan. A metaverse experience could be one component of that reopening plan. It's not the main component, but it's just a new addition to a you know, standard media launch plan. Customer acquisition, loyalty, driving revenue, all of these are very standard objectives that we discuss with brands pretty often. Those questions are questions you would ask almost in any marketing plan. They're not unique to Web3. I mean, because one of the mistakes I see people doing, I'm trying to kind of catalog mistakes, is that they create a strategy that doesn't align with what the brand is. And then there's a misalignment. I don't know if you've seen that too. I have seen that 100%. And you are right. These questions are basic questions that brands are already asking themselves. It shows the misunderstanding or how little a lot of brands know about Web3 because they assume that if you do it, people will come. And it's not the case. If you put an NFT collection on sale, these guys from Web3 will buy it. If you create a metaverse experience, these guys from Web3 will come in your experience. And it's not the case. You need to have, as I said, authenticity, a reason for existing, the reason for being. And then it has to be a long-term vision, long-term objective, so that because all of a sudden you're going to have a responsibility and you have to have the resources and the ambition to support this new channel, this new initiative, or this new community. So my my sense, and I guess I'm just trying to interpret a little bit too, these are very traditional questions, but how you answer them is different when you think Web3. Web3 gives you new new vehicles, new space to play in. Is that fair? Yes, 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 absolutely. It's something new that no one has done before. In our company, Exusible, we hired, we have what, like maybe 30 employees now. And we have a metaverse team. We have an NFT drop management team. These jobs did not exist a year ago. And so launching a physical product, like a handbag, a piece of jewelry or a, a perfume, Brands master the art of launching those products. The mechanics behind the launch of an NFT, whether it's for free or for sale, it's something completely new because the audience is new. The expectations are different. The mechanics, the way a job happens is completely different from e-commerce. And so all of this is new for everyone. You can only know by doing and you learn the hard way by being in the trenches and, and just doing it and learning from it. There is a question when it comes to luxury. For hundreds of years, people who acquired luxury goods love the physicality of the luxury goods. It's, it's an object you can put on your skin. It's an intimate object that you can wear, you can show, you can pass to the future generation. There is this idea in luxury. Now with Web3, we're talking about immaterial experiences. You can pass to your children a watch and your children can pass to your grandchildren. What about this concept of passing a luxury object to which there is an emotion to future generation in Web3? So this doesn't change and will never change. I come from the boutiques. I learned... You know, I spent half of my career opening luxury stores and setting them up and training and getting everybody excited in the stores. So the relationship to a physical product, the relationship to the physical experience will never change. That's why the metaverse 
Web3 NFTs, they are not going to destroy or replace anything. It's literally a new addition to a brand architecture and a product portfolio. If we look, you know, based on what you said, if we look at the essence of luxury, it's true that it's anchored in heritage, craftsmanship, and also emotion. And all of these justify higher prices. But with Web3, the idea that you're purely in a digital and virtual realm, you can achieve the same psychological triggers and the same, uh, you know, feeling, the same emotion that you can have in the physical world. And that's why I think it's an, it's a certainty because people in the future, and it's, it's already there, huh, will be very happy to buy this digital product from Gucci, Dior, Vuitton, Prada, and show the world in, on social media or digital platforms or metaverse that they belong, that they have this item that there's maybe only 50 or a hundred of them or 10,000, whatever. But it's the idea that you can flex to a much, much, much larger audience on, on, on digital. You can express the same attributes that you belong to a club, that you have access when others don't, and that uh, you have uh, you know, certain wealth and also taste. Uh, because there's a lot of uh, what we call alphas. So it's basically the idea that NFT drops are not necessarily super expensive. They are just very hard to get, uh, especially the popular ones at the launch. And that then they become very expensive. They become very iconic. And by the time they reach this icon status, what we call blue chip, they become out of reach for 99% of the population. So the idea that you were in early, so you have taste is also a very powerful driver. Yeah. So there, there is a lot of sociological analysis. I was thinking to a French sociologist, Pierre Bourdieu, when you were talking about taste, about status. So it doesn't change in the virtual environment. That's really very powerful and, and very interesting. Exactly. And so concrete example, I know someone who has a Ferrari in his garage and he has very rare Rolex for Newman and he barely drives his Ferrari around and he prefers to wear an Apple watch with his crypto puck because that gives him so much more flex than the Rolex and the Ferrari. That's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. And of course, the puck is also his profile picture on every social media that he's in. If we move to the um, recent announcement about you're really partnering with Spatial. Yes. Can you talk about how that decision happened um, and what what's special about it? Yes, for sure. So we started working with Spatial maybe in April 2022. We are very agnostic when it comes to the metaverse. We have identified more than 150 metaverse platforms. We have tested more than 60 and we have a whole like ranking and scorecard in-house. We are agnostic in the sense that we build experiences for others and also for ourselves. And therefore, we're always trying to find the best location. And so very early on, we identified Spatial as kind of removing most pain points. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to have a super you know, powerful machine to access the platform. It can be Web3. You can connect with your crypto wallet or you don't. You don't have to have crypto wallets at all. 
It's available on mobile phone, it's available on desktop, and it's high realistic 3D rendering. And there's no server cost. The experience can be open 24-7, you know, forever. So these very low barriers to entry and the quality of the 3D made us really fall in love with Spatial. And so that's why we developed, I think to this day, is probably the most, the, the biggest drop that ever happened on Spatial because we sold our 2,500 penthouse on Spatial. They are integrated also with Ready Player Me. We are very close to Ready Player Me as well. We really believe in the concept of avatars, you know, the, the future of self-identity. And so, yeah, we have a partnership with Ready Player Me. We have a partnership with Spatial. We keep building and we think it's, it's really a great platform. Given that we're really moving into open space that's never been, been there before, like, you know, we're going to the moon or wherever we're doing, there's also lots of lessons of people that tried stuff that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my sense is meta is one of those lessons. There's a lot of smart people there. I give them a lot of credit for being so bold that mm-hmm. they bet the company on this. But I have this sense that they're stuck and not really understanding what's of value. Am I, am I off? I think the metaverse is, already exists. Again, with like Roblox, Fortnite, Minecraft, these environments already exist. And so I was reading one of the, your blog posts where there's a very valid argument. It's, the re- it's why should people decide to spend money in a metaverse as opposed to Netflix or in a video game where they have millions of players, millions of worlds. So right now it's really the very, very beginning of that whole metaverse journey. No one knows what it's going to be like. Everybody talks about interoperability as being one of the, like the holy grail. I believe it will happen, but the point is how do we create experiences that basically make people come, stay, and want to come back? And uh, right now we're more focused on the technological barriers or ease of use rather than what is the content, what is inside the experience that will make people decide to spend more time there rather than doing something else. So when it comes to Meta, kudos to them. Uh, It's a very big, bold move. And I believe they will keep investing and they will hopefully, I I really hope that their vision will come realized. I have a VR headset. I think it's incredible. Not Meta, but just in general, the concept of virtual reality with a Google headset. I think it's absolutely incredible. AR glasses are going to come from Apple, from Google, Microsoft. I think the idea of adding a layer of digital in augmented reality on top of your physical experience is going to be amazing. We're just going towards more and more use cases, more and more democratization. And we have to be very forgiving right now with all the companies that are trying hard to make the best product. It's really complicated. When you said you hope their vision happens, does that mean you, that you think their vision is the right vision or that you hope they succeed? I hope they succeed okay. because I, they are, there was, as I said, there was a before and after Facebook renaming itself in Meta. And so it put the metaverse on the radar of every person on earth. So we, it cannot fail. Otherwise, it will impact the entire industry in a very unfair manner because there are the, bri- the most brilliant minds are building Web3 and all the components of that more immersive internet. 
And so it would be a pity if Meta fails and then it drags down the entire industry with it. And at the same time, I understand the vision, which is Meta wants to be um, a catalog of experiences, a little bit like Roblox. You go into Horizon and then you can have thousands of worlds that you can discover and hang out with people that you don't know. So the problem they have right now is that the quality of the graphics is so poor. It gives a good reason for people <laughs> who are skeptical about the metaverse. It's a good reason for people to criticize them. But the vision of an immersive 3D environment where people can hang out, can shop, can play, can be entertained, for me, that's an absolute certainty that it will happen. Is it going to be them or someone else? I don't know. Recently, FTX seems to have stumbled too. Do you have any sense of what happened there and how that will impact others? So it's quite a, quite a week that we've had because the announcement that FTX was being, sorry, that Binance was acquiring FTX came yesterday. And then they announced that they were actually walking away from the deal. So I think there are two big lessons here. The first one is that Web3 is not crypto and crypto is not NFTs or the metaverse. It's two different sides of blockchain. Of course, they are linked. But we always bet that we always wanted or bet that there would be a decoupling of NFTs and crypto and the metaverse. And that's very important for anyone out there to understand that crypto, it's completely separate industry or pillar compared to NFT technology compared to metaverse. The metaverse can be Web3 and Web2. You don't need blockchain to have metaverse. NFTs can be it's a technology, NFTs can be sold or given for free, and they can have the same type of utility. Crypto is a whole different ballgame. And so what happened with FTX is that, of course, in the bull market, everybody's happy, everything is going well. And unfortunately, they use their token, FTT, as a collateral. The problem is that the token is not backed by any assets or anything, and they used the funds from their users to make acquisitions, to deploy capital in some through their investment arm. And so when Binance asked for $2 billion worth of that token to be withdrawn, it created a bank run. And it was just uh, what we call a liquidity crunch. So everybody wanted their money out of STX. The problem was that there was no money or not enough. And then it triggered in one day the complete collapse of FTX that Binance tried to rescue and uh, it did not happen. And today, I think we, don't, we still don't know what's going to happen. You said that Web 2 could also be the metaverse. Define for us, what is the metaverse? What's your definition of the metaverse? For me, the metaverse is a 3D-based immersive environment, which is accessible through a mobile phone or a desktop. And I would add one more attribute, which is what we call multiplayer. Why? simply because there is nothing new. Luxury brands have been doing 3D stores for a few years, as early as like whatever, 2015, 16. Uh, during the pandemic, there was a rush to create 3D stores that would create a more interesting experience than e-commerce. It's been only a year that we really talk about the metaverse and that of uh, virtual land, and NFTs, and all of that. But history has showed that these concepts were already out there. And that's why you do not need blockchain or Web3 to create a metaverse experience. You can have Roblox, Mi Minecraft, and Fortnite are not blockchain-based. 
they are centralized. They are not decentralized platform. And I don't, don't think there is any interest from the founders to make them decentralized platforms. So that's why it already exists. It's already there. And it's another myth, I want to say, that uh, Metaverse equals NFTs. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Thank you very much, Olivier. That was really a wonderful podcast. And I'm sure I speak also for Dr. Haas. We learned really a lot about the future of luxury and this really magical and philosophical moment when we go from physical to immaterial. So it's way beyond just a technical and business definition. We're also talking about, about philosophical aspects. Yes. So on behalf of NYU, Dr. Haas and myself, a big thank you for being with us today. And we wish the best uh, to you personally and, and to the future of uh, your company, Exclusible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was uh, always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Dr. Ash. Thank you. Here. Thank you for listening to The Whole Metaverse, a podcast from the New York University School of Professional Studies Metaverse Collaborative. The Whole Metaverse is produced by Make More Media. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe for more content. For more information about the NYU Metaverse Collaborative, please head to www.sps.nyu.edu.